Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Vincent. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, November 17th, and that can mean only one thing. It's time for a Brady Quinn football show. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 that, uh, those, those laser beams or whatever the hell we're calling them, they're, they're kind of falling to the wayside because the origin of how they came about was the Miami Hurricanes and being ah, there for that ah. practice. I mean, that's how it all came about. I thought I was like, I was like, are the laser beams getting canceled too? Like, how they might be. I mean, look, they lost to Florida State this past week. Oh, embarrassing director. Their athletic director has been fired. It seems like their head coach is probably on the way out too. So, yeah, no, I'd say this much when you go to practice now down in Coral Gables to see the Hurricanes. I don't think you're getting the same. Beer, 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 beer. It's yeah, sort of like yeah. a like a like a non Brady Quinn football show. Like, pew, 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 All right, uh, if, you, if you don't want to just hear us make <laughs> bizarre laser sounds for three minutes um, on a podcast, you can also see us make bizarre laser sounds on a podcast by going to YouTube, youtubecom pick 6 or search for Pick Six Podcast in YouTube. We have lots of live shows as well. Tuesday, Tuesdays, we do a live mock draft show. Thursdays, picture live with myself, RJ White, and Pete Prisco. And then Sunday, Monday, and Thursday, after every single primetime game, we recap that game on YouTube and give away hats and stuff in the chat. In fact, last on, um, on the last show, on Monday night's recap, we give away Brinson Sucks hats. What am I getting my hat? Uh, talk to Wilson. Talk to Debo. Uh, Wilson, well, I, I think Wilson is mailing them all to Debo, and Debo could probably get one to you in Florida. Debo, would that be acceptable? Oh yeah, I can easily get it to Brady in Florida. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll get Brady one, and then Brady is gonna hopefully wear. I, you, you need to just have me on with with Wilson and let me and him just talk about the draft. All right, let's let us get into it. I've been trying to I've been trying to like push him to make certain moves. Like I'm trying to get him to put Aiden Hutchinson. As the first overall pick instead of Kayvon Thibodeau, just because oh. I mean, one, the guy's been way more productive versus better tackles and a better conference. But again, I digress. David Ajabo from Michigan, like no one wants to talk about him. That dude is having a hell of a season. Uh, if, if you watch Aiden Hutchinson, you're going to see a lot of David Ajabo. So, is this a Fox Big Ten thing where you're trying to push the Big Ten agenda over SEC and the competing network? Uh, well, Kayvon Thibodeau actually plays for Oregon in the Pac 12. All right. So, got LSU. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, no. Oh, they they yeah. beat LSU. Oregon. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Like you're still trying to like put together. They actually did not. Oh, I was thinking. Like, no, I, I got. Sorry, yeah. I got. I was. I got, it's all right. It's all right. Well, well, first, hey, let's do this. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. First let's of all, Thibodeau. Thibodeau is definitely a name that you could see that you could have in Louisiana. Sure, it's just not the player that everyone's projected to be number one overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Derek Stingley. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, hey, you know, NC State. 
that's your universe. Let's go to the NFL now. Let's talk about some NFL ball. Yeah. Let's do it. Like, hey, you know what we should do? We should blame Odell Beckham for the Rams' loss on Monday night because inevitably if this season doesn't work out, everyone's just going to blame the guy, right? Like everyone's just going to blame him for Matt Stafford playing poorly and the offense not clicking. Like he just gets blamed for everything nowadays. What did you – I mean, I am curious what you thought about the Odell Beckham acquisition though. And so Robert Woods, Odell Beckham, they signed on Thursday. Robert Woods tears his ACL on Friday. That really – that's really probably more than anything what threw the Rams' offense off a little bit was Van Jefferson sliding into that role while blending Odell Beckham in. Like to lose a guy like Robert Woods who's been so steady, so reliable, such a good run blocker, um, you know, in – in 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 like in that timing where you're bringing Odell in and you're now you have to incorporate these other young guys that really I, I think that could be what threw them off and also the Niners just played great. Well, you're you're looking for that reliable other option, like that's what you're looking for. You have Cooper Cup, but he's your slot. He's your kind of interior player. You need that outside presence. Robert Woods, who also will carry the football from time to time on jet sweeps, those sorts of things. Uh, I do appreciate you you pointing out the run blocking, um, but. Yeah, I mean, Van Jefferson isn't there yet to be able to take over that role. And Odell Beckham's not quite the same receiver. Like, I would, you know, I see Robert Woods as more of an off the ball player, um, a guy who you're going to compliment either on the same side as Cup in a stack in a three by one set, um, or, you know, or you're all the way outside on a three by one set, something like that. You know, Odell is more of, to me, your ex. Like, you put him at the X receiver, you isolate him. And that's kind of what you saw, I think, early in the game, right? They try, they throw him a three-step. It looked like a, a hitch route, stop route, something like that. Um, but they get him the football early, just kind of get him going. You know, the, the interception was just a forced throw, bottom line. Like, that was um, a bad decision on Stafford. Like, don't put that on Odell Beckham. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. It wasn't like he got past the secondary. Uh, the 49ers were back there waiting like it was a punt. I mean, Jimmy Ward was, like, running forward like it was a fly ball in the outfield. So right. that's, the, that's not on Odell Beckham. Uh, but but the point is, it's going to take a little bit for them to gel. And, and honestly, this is what it exposes. It exposes the fact that Sean McVay has gotten away from his roots. And that's running the outside zone. Like, we can act like, well, oh, it's Todd Gurley. He's not there anymore. They don't have that running back. You know, Cam Akers isn't back. Okay, but that's the that's the roots of this offense. Like, there's a reason why Kyle Shanahan is 6-3 and three versus the Rams. It's because that's the actual origin of Sean McVay's offense. It really stems from the Shanahan system. And every time Shanahan plays him, he kind of teaches him a lesson. He beats his so, ass last five times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 like, yep, that's he's always got something for him. And like McVay can never adjust. So moving forward, like they could be pass happy all they want because they have Stafford. That's not gonna help them win a Super Bowl. They gotta learn how to run the football, especially as the playoffs are coming sooner. And then they'll start to kind of let Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham grow into those roles in the passing game. Um, I, got, I got a couple follow-ups on this, and then we'll get to we'll we'll talk some more NFC West. Maybe we NFC West uh, theme because yeah. So I'm curious. Like I thought that I I don't know that Sean McVay is necessarily a good in-game coach, or I don't, maybe not. That, let me rephrase that. I think that Sean McVay gets erroneous credit for being an aggressive in-game coach when he is really more in, inherently conservative in his decision-making process. Like he's down 24. I mean, I know they're not going to score three touchdowns, but like if you're playing to win, if you're throwing the ball with Matthew Stafford down 24 points, if you're exposing your quarterback to injury down 24 points and you are trying to score touchdowns, you should not kick a field goal to make it 21 points, right? 
And then people were like, well, he's just trying to save Stafford. He's out there getting killed. And he's like, he brought him back out for the next series. Like, put John Walford in if you're giving I, up. I, I, I got to be honest with you, I don't care about that. I, I, think it, I think the biggest thing right now you're seeing in the league is more of a trend and forget, like, this topic. It's just there's so many times, like, early in the second half in games, you see teams down by a lot, and they start, like, going for fourth downs instead of just taking the field goal. And, look, obviously it's not automatic to get the field goal, but how many times have we said at the end of a game you're going, huh, it's like a nine-point game, and had they just kicked the field goal the two other times instead of going for a fourth down, we'd be having a different conversation right now. Like, it's almost like everyone's, like, overcorrected, and they, like, don't want to be bashed by the analytics nerds. And they're like, no, no, we need to keep going for fourth downs. You know, like, don't take the points. Like, I'm sorry. There's few, like, and I think this is more the logic behind it in my mind. Like, I, I think you could, like, you can make the argument either way. If you're a bad football team, like, oh, you have to go for fourth downs because, you know, that's what you have to do to win the game. I, I see it the other way. If you're a bad football team, you have to take points when you can get them because you might have just caught a good football team on a bad day. Like, we saw that two weeks ago where you had a number of teams that are good football teams, the Dallas Cowboys, for example, who got absolutely blown out by the Denver Broncos, uh, who, you know, we see this past week, uh, some of their players are making business decisions, you know, during the game. They're just absolute right, wait, turning did down. You, did you ever get caught making a business decision on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on an interception return? No. I was – well, first off, that was a fumble return. But right, fumble return, I, was, I was always so mad. And this was, like, started when I was young because I played both ways. But like, like, it's, that, it's that classic chop a temper, isn't it? Carries I down would to just, the my eyes family. would light up and I would <gasps> beeline. Like, I, you know what's funny is it's almost like shooting basketball. Like, you know when you, like, let go of the ball and you're like, oh, I missed that shot. You usually have the best feel for where the ball is going to go off the rim or mm. off the backboard. So, like, sometimes that shooter has a good chance of actually getting his own rebound. Sure. I always felt like that. Like, when, if you threw a football and you're like, oh, like, that's a tight window or the ball gets tipped or whatever else, like, you had the best feel of anyone of knowing where that ball is going. So I always, like, when I was young, just grew up to, like, beeline towards the ball and make that tackle, like, quick. And so even in the NFL, like, I had a few tackles. Like, if I threw a pick, I was pissed. And I wanted to go after the guy and try to make a tackle on the play. So I, I, I wish I could have said I played long enough and successful enough to be able to make a business decision. But that's the thing with Teddy Bridgewater is he was in the predicament because in his career, he hasn't been able to earn, the, like, the right to be a franchise guy yet where he can, like, turn that down and everyone's going to be like, yeah, we don't need him getting hurt. You know, everyone watching film the next day for him is like, dude, we're in the same position you are. Like, you got to make that tackle because we got we to gotta make plays to stay on this roster. So I think that was the hard part, the hard pill to swallow off all that, probably for everyone watching that tape. It uh, doesn't apply to Tom Brady, of course, right? Tom Brady's fine. And Tom no, that's Brady- why he like, he, like, popped the squat. This, you see the one he threw over the middle? He didn't like, even move. Yeah, he, he just, like, like, bent over. He, like, like, he got mad at himself. was like, no, I'm not chasing that thing. Well, why would you at that point? I mean, yeah, 44. If you, 44 if you don't move, no one can touch you. In fact, if someone bumps into you, like you pretty much can draw a flag at that point, the way the rules are now. If you don't move, you're like as protected as you can be. You might as well have the Secret Service out on the field with you once you throw a pick as a quarterback, and especially if you're a franchise guy. <laughs> like You get that protection. Like You get dudes running out, talking in their sleeve like this, like protecting <laughs> the quarterback from any – Anything that could happen. Keep an eye on Quinn. Yeah, keep an eye on 12. Keep an eye on 12. Yeah, uh, make sure Brady – yeah, make sure Tom doesn't get out of here. All right, the eagle has landed. You're 10, I guess. 10 and 9. Is that right? What? That's, that's what – you were number 10 and number 9. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's what it says on Pro Football Reference anyway, with the little brown Correct. color. Uh, but I have bad news for you. 
Per Football Reference does not credit you with any tackles. You do have two fumble recoveries, though. Right. Uh, I do have a tackle. I tackled Ray Lewis. So I threw a pick. What? We're in Baltimore, 2009. I think Chris McAllister picked it off, but he pitched it. And I remember, like, it was Ray on the sidelines. And I literally went and, like, hit him, like, as he was going out of bounds. So, again, I don't care what Pro Football Reference says. I know it. You can go back and watch the interception week three, 2009 in Baltimore. It happened. First half of the game. I want to say it was like this, maybe second quarter or end of the first quarter. Wait, Ray Lewis, did you uh, – I didn't – I forgot about this. Greg Rosenthal wrote this on uh, on on Pro uh, uh, pro Football Talk in two, November 17th, 2009. Wait a minute. That's – oh, my God. That's, that's uh, like 12 years ago today. Ray Lewis calls out Brady Quinn for, quote, cheap shot. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, that was after a different tip pick. But yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you were going after Terrell Suggs, apparently. He said well, no, I, I thought Terrell Suggs had the ball, and I went – and I went to tackle him, but like I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't see him or like who had the ball. But I like I basically dove as soon as I got around our right tackle. I think we've talked about this like three separate times on this podcast. But somehow every single time we talk about it, it's like I, new information to Will. Well, that's that's really how my entire life operates. I don't remember this one. Maybe you're I do. like a Labrador. You're like you like have a short term memory. I'm like a goldfish. I'd be a great quarterback. Or a goldfish, yeah. Right. Uh, Quinn denied wrongdoings in comments distributed by the team. And you pointed out, I, I don't think I, I don't remember this one. Pradeem, am I, am I crazy? Have we talked about this one already? We've definitely talked about this. I don't remember this one as well. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you're like, I worked out with Terrell Suggs. I'm not diving at his legs to take him out. You're, you're an honorable guy. You're not taking out somebody's legs with a cheap shot. Well, the you're thing is, just... I didn't even see him. And so they always made, like, they made a big deal about it. And I was like, I didn't see the guy. I don't know what to tell you. I don't even mean to tell you. Like, I thought I was tapping the ball here. He didn't even have it. It wasn't like it was like some Mac Jones deal where – you know, Brian, like the ball's not even close to him. And like Brian Burns is getting up, he's twisting his ankle. I literally wrote, like, like ran over to try to cover the play. It was a tip pick off Mike Furry's chest on an inside slant route. And I, I was just trying to make a tackle on the ball carrier. Did, um, man, if you, if you did, if that happened now, like just, you know, if like, Ray, like if, uh, I don't know, like, uh, Ray, Ray, Ray Lewis in 2021 calls you out for that, like you're getting like a billion, like, Instagram messages from a bunch of like Ravens fans who are angry, but 2009 was easier. You just sit out, sit out. Plus, like, what, what, get it. Ray Lewis is asking well, for you to get fined. That's ridiculous. You act like you act like it's hard now. Do you think? Do you think players like pay attention to all the social media stuff? I think some of them do. Like you guys do because you guys are nerds and you guys did like <laughs> got it like later on. You're like, oh, let's pay attention to it. It's like I, I just saw two a Sunday and it's like these guys don't care. Like they're they're already they're already like callous to it. They don't care. They know how to manage it. They have people who manage it. Like, that's the thing. Is like, it's out of sight, out of mind. That's the funny thing. My wife has sent my dog up into the office for some reason. He just got a haircut. Very exciting. Um, get lost, George. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on. Sorry. This is, I've, I've derailed the, I've derailed the podcast once again, uh, as is my want. Um, Russell Wilson didn't play well on Sunday. That should be no surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast because Brady told you all about the injury and the problems associated with it and pointed out when when we were talking about this that it was probably going to be an adjustment period for Russell Wilson when he returned to the NFL regardless of how quickly he got the pins out of his hand and that he's probably was going to struggle with accuracy to a degree. And lo and behold, you were right again, Brady. Yeah. Well, I don't know about being right. It was unfortunate. I mean, the reality is... Um, 
you know, you're, you're going to have to deal with a new normal as far as how your, you know, hand feels releasing the football. And you could tell there wasn't as much zip. There wasn't as much accuracy, especially downfield. I think you had a hard time, you know, throwing that tight spiral where you're, we're used to seeing. So I think all those things kind of played a factor. And I'm not saying he won't be able to get back to playing at a higher level, but it might take a little time. Like, I think he could have used a couple more weeks off um, rehabbing, trying to ad- adapt to what is the new normal of probably how it feels to throw a football for him. But, I mean, even the way he went about trying to elude pressure in that game, you could tell he was, like, uber conf- or um, uber concerned about the way he was holding on the football. Like, he, he knew he didn't have as strong of a grip holding it with one hand. And he almost just kind of curled up, put two hands on the ball, and went down when he got sacked. It wasn't your typical Russell Wilson, I'm going to scramble around and try to make a play. Like he kind of gave up on plays a little quicker than he normally does for him. Yeah, it was. And his ball placement was off his, I mean. Even, even the short routes, you could tell. Like it just, he wasn't as accurate. And and you could just tell, like the ball didn't pop off his hand like it normally does. Nope. You know, usually he throws those things like a missile. You didn't see it. And so it, it might take a little bit of time before he's able to adapt or adjust to it. Well, what I mean, what do you think? He ended up being 20 of 40 for 161 yards and two picks. First time in his career the team was shut out, and it happened in his 150th career start. What what do you I mean, I know it's hard to I know it's hard to gauge, but what what do you think the timeline is for Russ before he starts to maybe look and feel throw a little bit more normally? And is there anything the Seahawks can do to sort of uh, mitigate him having to deal with all the stuff that he'll have to deal with here? You know, run the ball, <laughs> play, play deep, good defense like they did in that game, run the ball. Um, you know, I, I got mine. So I literally, when I hurt mine in 2008, um, I tried to play the following week. And so I, I dealt with this. Like during the, that practice week was awful. Like our, my OC was looking you, at me. You, like, you got hurt against Houston and then tried to play against Buffalo? Or hurt versus? against, hurt against, yeah, vice versa. Hurt against Buffalo early in that game, first quarter, uh, finished it out. Didn't really find out how bad it was till the next week. And then at that point, I was like, all right, I want to try to give it a go. And just could not, like, there'd be times when the ball would come off okay. And then there'd be other times when it was just like, it felt like you couldn't control it. And at that point, there was like, okay, let's let's get the surgery. Let's, let's get the pins put in. Let's let's fix this. The problem was we had six weeks that left in our season. And that was how long the pin, I had two pins put in. That's how long they needed to stay in and set. So my season was over. So I had an entire off season to kind of adapt and adjust mm. all of that. I'll be honest though, like to this day, like it doesn't feel how it did before. I mean, it's like that with a lot of surgeries, you just adapt and adjust to a new normal. Like I, I always explain, like if you, if you had surgery before. Um, I've had my wisdom teeth and tonsils taken out, but that's it. Okay. So case in point, when you have them first initially taken out, I assume you're in pain, right? Well, I mean, Yes. yes you go through, no. a, period, you go through <laughs> yeah. a period of time because you put in some painkillers, right? Yeah. And you're like managing the pain. But it, when you first start actually eating food and using your teeth, like there's still probably a little pain. It probably feels a little awkward, right? Eventually you just get kind of numb to it and you adjust to it. And that's just what you, your body realizes is this new normal. That's like most surgeries. Like I remember having my back surgery and like the complications I have with drop foot. Like, oh, does it feel better? Is that, I'm like, no, like none of this feels better. Like, yeah. I'm just going to have to like rehab and adapt to whatever this, my body can do now. So there's like all those sorts of things that I think Russell's going to have to deal with. It might take him a few weeks, you know, it might take him a, a few weeks until he's able to like to finally feel adjusted or adapted to it. He may be tinkering with like a glove 
or something else that he puts on his hand because he didn't have a glove on his hand in that game. That might be something he decides to go to to help that grip. So a lot of things to figure out. Yeah, and it's, I, I want to say that Russell has never, never really had a major surgery before. This might be his – I mean, I don't recall anything at NC State and unless he had one in high school or, you know. I mean, by and large, he's been an extremely healthy individual. So you're talking about a guy who well, – yeah, He rehabs like, 19 to 20 hours a day. I mean, think about that. And made sure everyone knew about it too. Yeah, um, he's had no time for sleep. Yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. And the other thing about Russ too, I feel like, you know, I guess this doesn't get talked about enough just because, you know, I think a lot of quarterbacks are probably somewhat like anal retentive or, I mean, obviously detail oriented. You sort of have to be at the position, but I feel like Russ very into controlling his environment and things being what he's used to. And I sort of wonder, you know, psychologically, does that have an effect with the hand and the way that it feels? I mean, you work through it because you're, you know, you're a professional quarterback and you're an athlete and you'll figure it out. But I mean, that has to be sort of a mental challenge for a guy like Russ, who's never really dealt with any sort of surgery, right? Yeah. I mean, confidence is everything. Like, I, I can't understate it. I, I really can't. And it sounds so simple to people, but like everyone out there has a job. Like, imagine going for a presentation or going in to try to get a job, an interview, and you don't seem confident. You seem timid. Like, People can look across from you and be like, I don't know if this person can execute. I don't know if they're right for us or the right hire. Um, and so imagine your job is throwing a football to a spot before the player is even there. And it's going to be a bunch between a bunch of people who want to pick that off and help you lose your job. Like I remember, like, for example, throwing with a glove. I practiced once I got out to Denver, I got traded there in 2010. Every single off day, I practiced throwing with a glove. Hmm. And the reason was is because when it got cold in Cleveland, I always liked the grip on my off hand because that's, you know, when you take a snap under center, your bottom hand, right, when you're right-handed quarterback, your left hand, you know, that's where the, you're going to kind of help secure the ball, see sure. the ball once you get the snap. And I loved how, like, in the cold, cold, cold games, it kept that hand warm and it gave you a little extra grip on the ball and because those things are really grippy. But I was like, man, you know, I you know, never – A glove on the non-throwing hand. A glove on my non-throwing hand. Yeah. And then this hand would be bare because – I always wanted to feel the ball. I wanted to feel it come off my fingers. And, and so once I, I left to go to Denver, I was like, you know, I really should practice with throwing with the glove on. And reason being was is, you know, it gets cold. Your hands get, you know, numb, that sort of thing. But I had experienced the finger injury. And I was like, this is something that, like, might be helpful moving forward. And because your glove has such a good grip, you don't have to get a great grip of the football. So you could still spin it and you could still throw it no matter how you kind of grip the ball because the grip of your glove is so good. I practiced forever with it. I never felt comfortable enough to ever utilize it in a game at any point, preseason, during the season, whatever. Never felt comfortable doing that. That's a really hard – and that was really because I didn't feel confident in it. Yeah. My, in my back of my mind, I was like, if I throw a ball that gets picked off, I'm going to feel like it's because of the glove, whether it is or it isn't, because that's the difference. That's the one thing I'm doing differently. And people I mean, people so, talk about it on the broadcast too or like watching the game sure. would be like, what, what, why is Brady wearing a glove? And, yeah, I found some – yeah, I, never, so, I, didn't, I don't remember so you playing with the glove. Like, for Russell, any changes he makes with like what he puts on his hand, what he puts on his finger and all that, he's going to have to get to a point where he feels confident in being able to deliver the same types of balls he always had um, and be able to throw that same type of way. So it, it's a mental hurdle. It really is. It, it's such a small injury, but it's so significant when you're talking about like – What's it's like a piano player? Like imagine a piano player had this sort of injury. Or or it's like gonna feel different then, right? Or like if you're, I mean, like I'm not trying to comp the jobs here, but like a writer, if you're a writer, and you mess up your hand, 
like you're i mean it it it, it, it it's not it's not fun you know if, like if you're a hand model if you're a hand model correct and you just mangle your hand well right? that's that's like, really more say, of a you can't force your way through showing off a beautiful hand when it's mangled right like yeah well like, i mean let's say you're roy munson okay let's, sure. let's just take it back to let's get our little movie reference in okay let's say it's kingpin and you have to get your hand stuck in the ball return and you're losing that puck. Having to right? get it stuck. Big Earn and the crew jammed that thing. I guess it wasn't Big Earn. Was they, they, uh, who was the guy? The priest. He comes off. He's like, yeah. Father, help me. He's like, shut up, kid. Jams the hand down in there. But imagine that. Like, yeah, it's going to feel a little different. You got a hook on, on your hand or whatever prosthetic you're trying to roll, you know, a ball, you know, a ball down the alley. I, mean, I don't know. It's going to be a little different. So. Yeah, for, for sure. Good. That's a good. Uh, Just a little different. Yeah. Well, bigger and McCracken. Yeah, I'm always disappointed <laughs> that they didn't put um, the guy, Tim Doyle, who did this uh, Bill Murray thing, didn't include bigger and McCracken on there. I don't was, know. And see, that's the thing about Doyle is how could you not? Like, by the way, I don't know if you know the backstory of his character in Kingpin. Supposedly, Bill Murray ad-libbed the entire thing. Like, he took the script, he went to the director and producer and said, trust me, I got this. And they were like, yeah. Anyone else would probably have been like, no way, dude. Like, stick to the script. We're like, it's Bill Murray. He understands how to get this done. Yeah, like, yeah, and, and, it, and it arguably is one of the greatest characters in any movie of all time. Without question. Well, I mean, I think that um, a lot of the uh, stuff from Caddyshack with um, – Chevy Chase Chevy and Chase. Bill Murray. Yeah, they hate each other. Remember, they hate each other. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of it was improvised. They, they put, like, do you remember that? Like, they put that scene together where they were together at night and all that, and he comes in, gunga, 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 They had to put it all in because they realized, like, oh, we shot this whole movie, and we don't have any, any scenes where they're together because they hate each other right now. They want to do it. <laughs> so we need one scene where they these two, the two best characters run across each other. Cannibal, um, cannibal, cannibal. Cannibal. It's Kentucky Sense Emilio. Um, the, do we, Seattle is now the 14th seed in the NFC. They're three and six, New Orleans at five and four, Carolina at five and five are the two, uh, the two wildcard teams below where, the range. Where do I see though? They have like the fourth easiest schedule. Seattle does the rest of the way. Let's see what they have. I Here's saw that. that somewhere, but it said they were like the third or fourth easiest schedule the rest of the season. And cause I, I was looking at like a number of teams you could throw into the category. All right. Like. Like, who's kind of solidified their spot as a playoff team? The Titans schedule the rest of the way so easy. Like, oh, my God. It's a joke. I mean, they, they literally might run away in the AFC with the number one overall seed. Yeah. It's crazy because, I mean, it, it's just their schedule, the division. They haven't played so. the Texans yet. I think they, they – and they lost to the Jets. That's the crazy thing. Like, they, they get, like that's one of their two losses. Uh, the Seahawks have the Cardinals. They're at Washington on Monday Night Football in two weeks. The um, 49ers at home, at the Texans, at the Rams, Bears at home, Lions at home, at the Cardinals to close out the season. Doesn't seem quite as easy as, as maybe. Like, Tennessee's schedule is way easier. But, I mean, you would think that they're going to beat the Texans and the, the, the Lions. Right. Hope. Should beat Washington, but I don't think that's a necessary. Although, Monday Night Football, they probably take care of business. So, they need to split with the Cardinals, and worst case, and split, beat the Bears and split with the 49ers and Rams. That gives them one, two, uh, three, four, well, five, Well, you have to look six. at, like, how many losing teams are right now on their schedule the rest of the way. Like, obviously, the Cardinals twice, that's one of the best teams uh, in the NFL. Is Kyler Murray back? Is Hopkins back? I mean, we saw how that played out this past week. Like, it right. was cool the first time around with Cole McCoy and that. Yeah, like, it's not the they missed those guys. Right. Well, I guess, um, let's say that they go – I mean, I think six and three – 
would be a pretty successful close of the season, right? Yeah. Does that get them in the playoffs? I mean, I would say there's there's four games that you could definitely say are very winnable that they've got the rest of the way. Yeah, I agree. Chicago, Detroit, Houston, and Washington. Yeah. All right, so if they get the six, if they get the six wins, they'd be nine and eight. Do you do you think that gets them in as a wild card? It'd be close. It'd be close. It kind of depends on what happens with the Rams. Honestly, like I'm curious. Uh, yeah. Well, Rams and Cardinals. Like whoever wins the NFC West, but then what happens to like those two teams? Like, do they just fall off the face of the earth, or do they continue to kind of play good football and figure this thing out? Um, I mean, it, it's a little easier to say like the Rams have more to figure out than the Cardinals. They just need to get Kyler Murray back. So, yeah, Cal- Calamari is what Cal- Calamari. And the, well, the Rams Calamari. have a bye, then they're at the Packers coming out of the bye. They could be seven and four heading to, you know, playing Jacksonville at home the following week. They have they have some tougher games. I, I think they'll figure it out. I have I have faith in the Rams just because of the talent on the team. But I mean, it, 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 the NFC West, I don't think the 49ers are dead. I know that people. No, listen, I, know. Oh, I know. Okay, okay, good, good. I know that people listen to this podcast think I'm an idiot. Like, These guys won't let the 49ers go. Dude, did you see the MVP odds for Mahomes? Like they literally went, they were cut in half after one game throwing for 400 yards, five touchdowns. And like, I feel like we talked about this the other week. If there's like one guy, you just go, go sprinkle money on him. Like, go sprinkle on them to win the division. I said it everywhere. I was like, people were like, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? Mahomes can't win. I was like, Super Bowl odds, like, right? It it went from plus 5,000 to plus 2,200. Yep. In, In one week. Like, if you are a gambler and you're looking at the odds for an MVP, and it depends on the book, I, I get that. If you don't put money on that now, you're going to regret it three weeks down the road. I'm sorry. Uh, you're no, just I, regret completely. It. I mean, what is he? Uh, what, I can't. Oh, is he 16 to 1? Is it even the list? Yeah, is he 16 to 1? Is that, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Scroll, scroll up, up a little bit, Devo, because it, it's, yeah, it's being covered. I mean, 16 to 1, he was 80, 60 to 1 or 80 to 1 when we were talking about it last week. And we told people, I mean, I said on, I said on the show, I said on this podcast every day for like a week. Look, take Mahomes now. If he has a great game against the Raiders, he's going to be come flying back down. And here we are. Well, you you have to chalk it up to this too. Like, who else is anyone else running away with it? No, exactly. No. L- Lamar and had so, a chance. Lamar had a chance to do it in, in Laid Nag in Miami. Fumbled on Thursday night. Kyler's Kyler's been hurt for a couple of weeks. Um Tom, Tom Brady, Brady struggled the past two games. Correct. Tom you Brady. Know, Rogers, struggled. Ro- okay, Rogers is playing great, but he will not win it for this reason. Because he ticked off so many people who are voters with the whole situation. Like I'm just telling you right now. You're talking about the Alan Lazard situation. No, no. Are you talking about the off season when he when he when he wanted to trade? No, not talking about that either. Are you talking about his hair? Uh, No, no, not that either. Are you talking? That actually led to an amazing Halloween costume. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, you're right. It did. Um, yeah, oh, wait, you know what? We need to wait. Uh, Diva, can we even take a break? Sorry, I've, I've probably botched this. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, take a break. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a few more things with Brady Quinn. We essentially were talking about the NFC playoff picture anyway, which is what we we're going to talk about. Um, yeah. But because we got distracted by Bill Murray and Caddyshack and Kingpin talk, I forgot to take a break in the podcast, and we only have like five more minutes, uh, maybe six. We'll see. But the NFC here, as you can see, Green Bay, the current one seed. All right, so, uh, oh, I know, earlier on the podcast, after the show on Monday, we did a, we got a podcast listener in the chat, and we did a four-person um, Super Bowl winner draft. In other words, like, like I had somebody, uh, Wilson had the first pick and took the Packers. Do you right. think, is that who you would take with the first overall pick? 
Um, like yeah, you only, have to right you now. Only win if you're, you have to have the team that wins the Super Bowl. That's yeah. all that matters. So. You trust Aaron Rodgers. That, that team around him is playing well right now. So, yeah, that'd be the number one pick. Okay. Who would be your number two pick? Oof. I mean, I know the Bucks have struggled, but you just trust Tom Brady and the Bucks to figure it out. Yeah. Even though you're like you're, those are working against each other. Yep. So you don't no, have to think you'd have to pick an AFC team, but yeah. Oh, no, but no, no, no. I'm saying like, but the, remember, there's four people, so you're you're not. If you pick Packers one, you're not getting the Bucks. The Bucks aren't coming back. Yeah. To you. Uh, yeah. Bucks did go two. At number three, um, Breach took the Bills. And that means I got the Chiefs at four, which I thought was the I best. I just feel like if you lose the Jacksonville, man, like it's all up in the air. Like it really is. It, it's the same reason why I feel like way about the Titans. Like as good as they are and the record states, it's like you lost to the Jets, man. Like I know. I, that it's scarring. It's like, it's like anyone who's been in a relationship before where it's a perfect relationship. Everything is going great. But do you remember that one time, like you saw this text message that was kind of like odd or like, or remember when I came back to the house and you were you were using the bathroom and the door was yeah, open? Like I'm sort of yeah. scarred from that, unfortunately. You know, like oh what that was. Just, remember you came home to her, took a early flight home. You came home. That's just the, the beginning uh, of old school. Gang bang. Yeah. Another. <laughs> I don't think you can say that. It's like this is uh, scarring into you're like yeah now I got trust issues. I can't trust them. I can't trust those teams moving forward. So sure. Um, that's the problem with like some of the best teams, at least record wise, is. I just go, I don't know about them. Like, I want to trust the Cardinals. I, I mean, they've what they've lost two games, one of which Murray didn't even play in it. Yep. So if Calamari, if he's back, Calamari. all right, Calamari. Calamari? If he's back. Yeah. You, oh, you'd have never heard that, like, Quinn Williams, the way he says Calamari? No. He says Calamari's name like Calamari. Really? Like the actual appetizer, yes. We should be Photoshop, like, we should Photoshop uh, a, a, a piece of Calamari under Kyler Murray's head. You should. But it's the way it's the way Quinn Williams Calamar. would say it when he's come out of the draft, talking about like the best, you know, team. Ah, oh, Calamar. Calamars are really good, you know. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go listen to that. Yeah, Calamar. Um, I took the Rams over Dallas and I sort of regret it. Why? No, I don't regret it. What am I talking about? But yeah. I, I think both of those teams, but do we still feel good that there are five teams locked into the NFC right now? Green Bay, Arizona, Dallas, Tampa Bay, and the Rams. Like those teams, the Rams you can yeah, be a little bit worried I, about. I think there's two there's two spots for the rest. And like I'm not yeah. buying the Saints, not with Simeon. Um I I think the Vikings are the team that like they've got a sub five hundred record and I still think they could find a way into it. Uh the 49ers, I think another team that I'm saying like has a shot. Calamari on Kyler Murray so quickly, David. Look at that. There you go. There you go. I just have that same We've got the marinara sauce or cocktail sauce, whatever yeah. the hell that is. I mean, Debo didn't exactly he didn't use Photoshop for that. I mean, clearly no. Yeah. No. But well done. Well done, yes, Debo. Well done. Um, Calamar. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm with you in trusting New Orleans is tough. I mean, even with Sean Payton in that defense, you still have questions. Atlanta, people were trying to get on Atlanta this, like coming into last week. Come on. Oh my God. That was bad this past week. That was, that was like be- equally as stunning as Denver, just like jamming it down the throat of Jerry Jones. Be like, yeah. how you like that, huh? Yeah. How you like that, Jerry? You like that Calamari? Yeah, the next week he's like, I, I'm eating Falcons tonight for dinner. He's like, What's for dinner? Falcons. Fried Falcon. That's what I got. I got my boys ready for some fried Falcons. Give me some of that uh, Johnny Walker Blue. Some, uh, oh, how happy are you Carolina's back at the mix, huh? Oh, I'm thrilled. I love Cam Newton. Yeah. With Cam. Little, uh, Cam I mean, I'll just say this. I, I really I really was pulling for Cam. I just hate how, like, he gets in the game, he runs the ball in, and he gets a penalty. Like, I I know we want to do the whole I'm um, back thing. That's all cool. 
do it on the sideline. Like it's yeah. not like the camera's not going to follow you. And like at least there, you're not going to get a penalty. And and I know you know it didn't end up hurting them, but it was at a point in the game where it could have. That's like, fair. Could have ended up hurting them. It was the first touchdown. It was seven nothing when he scored. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, I'm like, uh, it's not like you're kicking someone's ass right now, and like you're not like. Gonna also, can yell, I'm back. I'm back through your helmet. You could do that too. Yeah. Like it's also you can literally look at it and go, "I'm back." You, yeah, you can do that. You can have a T-shirt that says, "I'm back." Superman's right? back. Yeah, it's like like a hat, right? A hat that says like Brinson sucks, but in this case, it'd be like, "I'm back." You know, you just put the hat on on the sideline. You know, whoop, whoop. So I think Carolina and San Francisco could end up getting those two spots. Minnesota as well. I mean, you know, I wouldn't count Philly out. Seattle, I guess, if Russ can get right. It's gonna be it's gonna be uh, fascinating to see. And again, yeah. New Orleans could still pull it off. I just think Minnesota is a team to keep an eye on. Okay. I really do. I, I mean, here's the weird thing, though. I mean, not to get in a side tangent, it kind of hinders a little bit on like Dalvin Cook. Like, I, I'm not sure based on what's out there, like how he's still playing. I mean, the whole entire rationale for Ian Rappaport's report on Deshaun Watson and why he wasn't, if he was traded, going to be put on the exemplist was it wasn't violent in nature. And then you have what comes out with this lawsuits on Dalvin Cook and evidence that floats its way out there. And that's not like Photoshop. Like, that's real. Right. And that's as damning as it gets and as violent in nature as it gets. And somehow, like, 10 years after, you know, that sort of stuff that came out about Ray Rice ended his career and other players who fell in that category, he's all still out there playing. Like, I, I felt like it was an awkward position to listen to the – announcers talk about Dalvin Cook and and yet all this stuff is going on off the field so that's the only thing I think that I'm concerned by just because obviously it's a different team if he's not out there playing and at any moment you think that they would want to act at some point yeah I, I think it would be impossible to know when uh, what Dalvin's status will be for the rest of the season just because I mean it, is it not a week to week thing at this point? Like I, I kind of look at them like, I mean, yeah, I, I think it. I mean, if I if I were if I, I mean, my understanding is that it's probably hinges on uh, one an outcome of a civil lawsuit, which is not going to happen for by the end of the season. Same thing with Deshaun Watson, right? Or two uh, criminal charges being filed. At which point in time, if there if there were charges filed. Dalvin would be put on the exempt list, but the NFL, which by the way, I'm not like uh, an attorney or anything, but I would think there's enough there to warrant criminal charges and certainly at least an investigation by the police department. I mean, yeah. Or, or the NFL for that matter. Right. Like that's already public knowledge. Like some of this stuff, right. The NFL can't really meddle in because it's not like they're any sort of juris. They have any sort of jurisdiction. Right. You know, they could ask anyone they want. There's like, yeah, go kick rocks. I, I have to they can't, they can't compel purposes. somebody to test to give them testimony or anything. Like yes. That. They're, they're not like Jesus Christ where the, the power of Christ compels you. You, know, you can't, like, you can't do that. With the NFL. Do not have Jesus's jurisdiction. The NFL is not- correct, or like or Roger Goodell might think he does, but he, right. he really does. Sometimes he acts I mean, he like made, he does. Yeah. He has made one hundred what sixty-two million over the past two years. So not bad. Maybe the power of Christ compels him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, richer, richer financially than Jesus, more than likely, but not in in spirit. So you know, got that going for him. I don't know how we got here. Um, anywho. The NFC wildcard race is going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. We'll keep focusing on it. Of course, Brady Quinn has to go do stuff and things. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ. Follow him on Twitter at Brady underscore Quinn, I believe, right? I think I'll work with Pete right now. That's what oh, I'm, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Everyone says that. Although last night, or excuse me, Monday night, we did have 
George Kittle first touchdown score of the game. That hit. That was plus eleven hundred, and somehow Pete and I agreed on that. Which I, I, I bet on George Kittle first touchdown score too. There you go. Hey, do you know? Do you know that Pete on this text thread yesterday he was like, "I have been grinding tape all afternoon. Trust me, the Ram, the Forty ers cannot win. The Rams will destroy them. Right tackle problem? I think so. Like this long, like ten text rant, and then it's like all of a sudden they're down fourteen nothing. He's like, "They will come back and watch. See you. You will see. You will see. This guy can't just admit. Just take the L, Pete. You were wrong. I can't say much to him because I had an awful week of picks. Like the, we literally agreed on everything but two games, and the two games that, which is funny because like. Obviously, we pick really early in the week. Yeah. And so, which is kind of unfair. We don't have injury news, all this stuff. Whatever. All right. That's part of the business we're in. Yeah. So, by Monday night, I actually took the 49ers three and a half, even though almost a week ago, I took the Rams when we first did it on, the, on <laughs> yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the hard part is like, I, so you I wish liked, I could take you liked the 49ers by the time the game was like about to yes. happen. But early in the week, yes. you were on the. Yes. Yeah. I, I hate that too. It's awful. And, and like, unfortunately, that's what we have to do. So Pete's pick, beating me in picks this year. And I'm like, yeah, dude, we, we pick them basically five days out, six days out from the game. We have no knowledge. We're just all, like, looking back and not looking forward at what's going to happen in the game. Because, for example, Arizona. I don't know. I thought Kyler Murray was probably going to be back. So that was why I was picking that. And then here's the other thing is Pete doesn't let you go and change your pick. So uh, It's for so example, weird how he does it. No, you cannot change. We are locked in. Yeah. I have to lock in. You have to lock in. Pete, like, so Pittsburgh with Ben Rossberg being out or, like, Aaron Rodgers going out due to COVID, he was like, no, we can't switch. How, how are we going to switch? I was like, you and I can agree, like, we don't like the Packers anymore in this game. Yeah. And he'd be like, no, no, it's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> uh, that's a good Pete. All right, go uh, go deal with Pete. Nobody wants to do it. But remind him that his uh, tapes – I'll, I'll, I'll send you a text or something that he said stupid. You can Please, will you send that text to me just so I can then show him and get him all wound up right before we go on air? I'm going to yes. wait till like – Two minutes, or maybe a minute before we go live, just get them all wound up. Actually, do you want to? Do you want to? You want to be like, look what Brinson sent me. Like, no, you- no, no, send me a screen grab of like his string of texts. Okay, yeah. And I'm just gonna start looking through. I'm like, oh, Brinson sent me something, and I'll just start reading through yes! it loud. Yes, yes. See I'm if gonna, he like I'm puts gonna, it together. Yeah. What time? What time does it go live on HQ? Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, 4 p.m. Eastern. That's Wednesday. So if you're if you're listening on, or that's Tuesday. So if you're listening Wednesday, don't bother. Uh, I will be yeah. watching on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Brady Quinn, as always, a pleasure, buddy. Thanks, man.